The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. Oh, hello, my friends. It's me, Sarah, your friend. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am here alone right now because Greg is currently melting into a giant puddle in Savannah, Georgia. So welcome to a best of episode. How are you? So for this episode, I was kind of going through some of our archives trying to find out, I don't know, uh, trying to find something that we haven't played in quite some time. Also, this is the first time I'm talking today. Wow, my voice sounds like garbage. So please ignore that. Um, so I decided to pull out of the archives. This is from the 800s of our episodes. Um, I wanted to come back to the first time that we had the privilege of interviewing the one and only Mr. Christopher Titus. Now, Titus is hilarious. We've had him on the show a few times, but this was the first time that we had him on. Uh, he was in here for probably about an hour. He is just amazing. He talks everything from his start in comedy to like how he deals with hecklers. Um, at one point, he has a story about opening for Kenny Loggins. He is amazing and he is very, very funny. So uh, I kind of wanted to highlight that for our first best of for the week. So uh, why don't I just let him take it away? So here it is, our interview with Chris Titus from like three or four years ago. <laughs> Maybe more. It's probably more, maybe more, a while back. Anyway, here's Titus on Fun Employment Radio. Hi, this is Greg. <laughs> hi, this. Hi, this is Greg Proops, the specky one from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Not the tall guy, the fat guy, or the black guy. And you're listening to Fun Employment Radio with Greg and Sarah. Yes, indeed. Ooh-wee. Hello, everyone. Are. Thank you for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio on this very special morning at a special time. <laughs> because we have a, a special guest, special everything's episode. special. <laughs> everything's special today. <laughs> because we are joined now in studio by the one and only Christopher Titus. Good morning, people. Good morning. What, is it morning, right? It is I morning. It's, it's yeah. morning, yeah. It's yeah, morning. Great proofs. You did a little, little bump with great proofs. He's yeah. a, a funny cat. That's, yeah. You know, when I started, he was doing. A, he was in a team called a, a Proofs and Brakeman, and they were really funny. And then when I was on, and, uh, like, talk about a guy that makes you feel like a douche because you're not nowhere near mm. smart as he is. Seriously, said, <laughs> I just, I've always feel like that. Like, yeah. like I'm like, I, like I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, and all I know how to play is checkers when I'm around. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing. No, he'll say all these enormous words that I really have no clue what they're. Yeah, and and, and, and wields them like yeah. Yeah. he <laughs> practices them. Like, yeah, he's a ninja master with with verbiage. <laughs> Serious, they are. Yeah, words are his weapon. Which verbiage is not a word. I believe. I made up a word. That's all right. So if you say it with yourself, then yeah, if you say it with confidence, then no one will know. Exactly, (laughs) (laughs) California public schools. (laughs) So, um, so is this your first time in Portland? I know. I I don't think so. I think you've been here. before. No, I used to work here all the time. There was a club. uh, There was a club. The Last Laugh. I used to work years and years ago. And then the guy that ran that club was literally. And I don't know if he he, he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. He is a douche. This guy. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, he doesn't anymore. Here's how bad this guy was. So (laughs) comics would come in. By the way, here's the thing with comics. Love rules. We're already comedians. <laughs> Just throw a lot of rules on us, too, on top of that. That's why we're doing this, because we couldn't fit into society. Society was like, you guys need to leave this. <laughs> so we're on this weird, fringy thing where we're like, we, you, you, you're on stage, you have you. I, here, we don't work with others well, as, as, as our job shows. 
this guy would come in. He would go, you guys uh, had this condo they put us up in, and he put a lockbox on the thermostat in the winter. Like a lo- I mean, I mean a lockbox. I mean, I'm talking wow. like it was like it wasn't like a little plastic lockbox. It was like literally like he was trying to hide the jewels or something. It was like there was like, you know there was like the, the nuclear keys were in this box. That's how and 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 so comics and he set the thermostat like at 55 and it's freezing ass oh. cold in the winter. And we're like so comics <laughs> like a big ass fire extinguisher bonk and we so we, we break the box off the wall. And so, and then we, t- and then the comics just for the next two weeks turned the, the-, the thermostat up to like 85 all the time. <laughs> so it was literally, you'd walk from outside cold Portland midwinter and you'd walk into this just beautiful tropical paradise of this condo. So I guess he gets the first bill and flips out. Goes to the condo, <laughs> rips, rips it off the wall. And starts dropping off one small bundle of wood for the fireplace every day for the comics. <laughs> and at that point, I realized, eh, I don't ever want to work for this guy no. again. This guy's a Sounds ass. like a dick. Oh, you he was a total yeah. dick. Yeah, he's a total <laughs> dick. And he was the guy, uh, there's a great story about the dude, is that a uh, comic named James Gregory out of the out of the South. He's kind of older guy. Real got this drawl, and he just got that real calm, yeah. smart-assy about him. And he goes, yeah, I met that guy. He goes, I was on stage one night at that club in Portland, and I got heckled pretty good. And so I did my job. I tore this guy a new one, right, and made him look stupid. I get off stage, and, and, uh, and uh, the, this, this little Italian dude comes up to me and goes, he goes, uh, he goes, what the hell are you doing? I go, I go, who are you? He goes, <laughs> he goes, I, he goes, I own this club. And he goes, I said, well then you need to go back in that back room and count your plastic spoons and napkins because I did my job. <laughs> and then he goes, needless to say, I have not been back. <laughs> <laughs> That's James. So yeah, but Portland's a great. Portland's one of those. It's weird because comedy here, you guys are so hip and cool. Like it's a great town. Like how many times you know? Like there's so many chicks on motorcycles, and then the strip clubs have forced recycling. It's crazy. It's such a great town. There's even a vegan strip club here. <laughs> Someone just told me that. That's, yeah. Doesn't that sound like a bit from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, it does. Yeah. A vegan strip club. That's yep. great. <laughs> There's so many ironic things about that statement. So the club is so cool, and the, and the comics like you know Maria Bamford. There's co- the comments that you guys love, and that that I even get to work here and, and get a crowd is great because you know you see you hold up Maria and some of those alternative guys as, as just great comics. And like anything, there's great comics in in every niche of comedy, but. That I get to work here, and, and it's a great place to break in new stuff. You guys are real open. Like, the audiences are like, yeah, dude, whatever. Like, I walked on stage last night with 10 pieces of paper. Like, all right, guys, I'm going to read this. And they were like, yeah, fucking read it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to recycle it when you're done, but fucking read it. <laughs> yeah, we have a bunch of listeners that were actually there last night. I'm looking at this email. Uh, our listener, Anton, went last night. He said it was amazing. Uh, he even debuted 45 minutes of brand new material last night, which had everyone cracking up laughing. Yeah, well, so that's it good. That's like the it was good. very well received. Thank God that's, to get, that's what it's yes. supposed to do. <laughs> Debuted 45 minutes of new material, and, then and like, <laughs> we were it, it was we were contemplative. <laughs> so, how often? Or I was I was just wondering, how often are you on the road? Like, how many days a week are you normally out? Uh, I do usually, depending on the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and I and I don't go every week because I have my kids I have 50 percent of the time, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's like my new special comes out on uh, April Fool's Day, The Voice in My Head, which is an hour and forty minutes, and it was my, it's my first. Um, I started a production company called Combustion Films, and it's the first combustion film, and we did it on our own. We didn't use any outside money, which is weird because it freaked everybody out. Like it's so weird when you take over. That's what I love about podcasting and how the world is right now is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when you like I've taken over my own life. 
like in my own professional life. Yeah. Like, and I filmed, I, I was executive producer of Titus. I've got a Writer's Guild nomination. So I filmed this special. I got paid my own crew. We went down and filmed it, four cameras, HD. And like, people, it's weird. People freak the fuck out in the business. They're like, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I no, I know. I can. The cameras are mobile now. They're not on big trucks or anymore. What, what do you mean I can't do it? And they're like, well, just, and then here's, the, here's one. It's a lot of work. You don't want to hassle with that. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I want to, you're right. I, I'd much rather, well, and also the checks are lots heavier too so I have to hassle carrying my the money around now too so it's a big hassle across the board why don't I just give you the money so you so you can hassle so and so we did this shoot and it came out great and um, you know Comedy Central made an offer on it and then Showtime made an offer and we're like no I'm gonna put it online Mm -hmm. Comedy Central. Here's the weird part for me. Comedy Central. I'll do a bit. Let's say comics doing a bit. Doug Doug Stanhope. Perfect example. Uh Someone does a bit about you know how the evils of advertising. uh, You know, selling Pepsi, and then 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 they they go to commercial and it's a Pepsi commercial. You're like, like, is this fucking? And so so now and and they only cut out the hour of comedy on TV now is is 42 minutes, and Mm -hmm. now they can get the whole show. And I always write a whole show. I don't like to write a bit after bit. I like to write like this one's called the one I'm working on now that we debuted last night. Mm -hmm. It's called Declaration of war and it's about um, it, here's here's how my thing works if you look at my career it's like I did Norman Rockwell's Bleeding then I did End of the World which is about the world and what was going on then I did Love is Evil which is about my horrible divorce and then I did um, Neverlution which is again about the world I need to do a topical one every other one to let a new nightmare happen in my life <laughs> so, give it some buffer time <laughs> right 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 I need, I need a new personal nightmare to happen oh now I get because now that's what happens now, now some horrible thing happens and I go this is horrible hey but I got a new 90 minutes <laughs> yeah, I can write jokes about this <laughs> um, so then this one's about the world coming apart right now because we've lost our fucking minds, man. Is the NRA, uh, what happened to the NRA? The NRA used to be an organization that was about, you know, guns. Now they've, they, they're getting so much money from lobbyists. I keep waiting for the love here to just get them going. By the way, we could stop school shootings. We just got rid of children. <laughs> Fault my logic. Let's go. <laughs> and I actually think, you know what I think we should do? I, don't, I think they're talking about guns in schools. We need arm, armed guards at schools. Really? Do we really need armed yeah. guards? Yeah. Because my kids go to the school. It's a private school. And uh, and and by the way, it's a Christian school because it was uh, you know because you know having faith is important and it was cheaper. So <laughs> let, me just, let me just be as honest as I can be. And so so and then what they did was after Newtown, what happened was is they. They, this, it was this wide open school. They had this forty foot gate that opened up, and the parents would kind of mingle. And there was this weird social thing in the morning. It was kind of great, you know. And then, so here's how. So Newtown happens. They go to Home Depot and they buy some some gates, and they just lean them up against the wall and put sandbags on the bottom of them. <laughs> so it's not even. There's no extra security. <laughs> you can just put. You can. You, you can't. You can't. You, right there's right. a gate. Yeah, just clink, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's more of an alarm system, like putting a bell on a cat. So right, if, right, right. if the killer comes in, we're gonna hear clang. Run. <laughs> Someone knock the gate over. <laughs> How they figure it out? <laughs> and they used to have this big open area where we were. In, you're in this big playground. You'd walk out this big, huge open gate, and and that's how you got in and out of the school. Well, now because of Newtown, they funnel us through this one four foot wide gate. All the parents down this kind of these. There's two railings. It's like this trough, this four foot aisle. And I and I'm pointing out to everybody. Go. You guys realize all they've done is build a killing zone. <laughs> it's not like it's safer. They've just kind of herded us into an area where we can be killed quicker, like the Jews. <laughs> what are you? 
you guys doing? And then like Ming goes, well, we've got to do something. Yeah, but don't make it worse because now the guy doesn't have to come in the school. He can just in the parking lot shoot us all with our children standing together in a group. We've dug a moat around yeah, yeah, with basically, 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 you've turned this into Jonestown and you don't even realize it. There's just going to be bodies lying in front of this elementary school. So no one gets it. And, uh, and, 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 I just, and so they're talking about armed, armed guards. But if you have armed guards, and then, and then the guy jumps the fence on another part of the school, right? Yep. Then they so arm the teachers. Well, really, 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 do you want to give anybody who's around small children that long <laughs> a weapon? I have two kids, and I love them to death, but don't give me a gun. <laughs> you know, seriously. Go to two birthday parties on a Saturday, and if I had a weapon, oh, my God, I'd be on the news. So then you got that, and then so then I got, and so I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Can't so I just think we, you know, who could you trust with a weapon? And I say, arm the children. Yeah. You know why? They're not as fucked up as us. They're not. <laughs> they look. You Good have point. damage. You have mm-hmm. damage. You have. We've all been destroyed by in relationships, by people ripping us off, getting shorted on a paycheck. We have anger. When someone snaps in this world, I don't. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised his friends didn't stop him. That's all I'm surprised. But so kids though are just kids. And they, you know, if you taught them, okay, well, the bad guy comes in, shoot him. They'd be like, okay. And they'd have, <laughs> all right. And they have their guns. Yep. They have their guns. They're playing, you know, they're just playing blocks. And all of a sudden, guy comes in with a gun. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a little teapot short and stuff. And, that, and, they, and, they, and they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be irresponsible with them because they're kids. They, they, they would just do what they were told. They're kids. Yeah. You know, you'd have that one bully kid that would shoot kids in the leg once in a while. Yeah. You'd have that one yeah. bully kid that'd be like... But he would get taken out pretty quick. Yeah, all the other kids would have guns yeah, too. Be like, oh, by the way, you're the bad guy. That we would stop bullying too. If all the kids had guns, bullying would stop. It would talk about evening the playing field. Also, what would happen is there'd be no more. We would never have to go find child molesters. We would stumble across them. That's true. You yeah. would just go, holy crap! <laughs> all right, Bob, break the truck in. We got another one. Now move the priest to the side. A, b- a bunch of windowless vans just abandoned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> windowless van prices would just de- plummet because there'd be a lot available. <laughs> That's going in the new show, dude. I'm stealing that. Awesome. That's full out. I'm stealing that. The sale of the. You should we, just call it Arm the Children. We, we, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Arm the Children. The bit's yeah. called Arm the Children. I keep saying Genius. Arm the Children. That is awesome. <laughs> well, and you've. Uh, well, I back it up. A lot of people say it as a joke. I'm back. I'll be here. Look, here's the reality of it. Yeah. By the yeah. way, t- if you want to f- solve education, you get a crappy teacher the teachers don't want to be tested the unions are we can't test teachers it's not an accurate representation really testing is not an accurate representation <laughs> okay then i guess i can pretty much throw out any of my grades which is good for me uh, but so i say you know teachers like jonathan you don't get this if you don't get this you're gonna have to go home and just learn on your own okay i'm gonna get you a tutor you're gonna say are we gonna i'll stay after class a little bit longer <laughs> teaching would get better arm the children that almost sounds like a song. Arm the children. The children. <laughs> uh, I think, you know what I may do? I started playing guitar. I, it'd be funny to do Arm the Children as like a We Are the World mm-hmm. S. Totally. Uh, I'm, I'm in 100%. All right. Yeah. I do an do acoustic it. Arm the Children. Listen to the Titus podcast in the next two weeks. Arm the Children will be out. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you are on the road so much, where do you record your podcast when you're I have a place called, the, uh, I, have a, I have a shop that I, I keep my cars in sometimes and I, and I keep, you know, I, I started distributing my own DVDs, you know, because... Because no one gives a shit about you. The real, you, have to, you have to face something in, yeah. in show business. No, yeah, there's so much stuff. No one really gives it. But and, and if they do, it, it's for a very short time, mm-hmm. and they they make their money and they move on to the next guy. You care about you. So what happens is I, I took it over. Uh, if, and again, it pissed a lot. I didn't mean to piss people off. I'm just saying it's amazing to me how when you're an artist of any kind, uh, music, whatever, 
that people get mad when you want to make your money, when like you want to take care of yourself. Prince did it a long time ago. Prince, like literally in 1990, Prince started selling his own, or 1994, started selling his own shit. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, it's never going to work. And he did a, I did a, 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 there's a box called Crystal Ball that I bought. It was 39, I'm a huge Prince fan, 39.95, and he sold 100,000 copies of it. And they're like, yeah, he only ho- sold 100,000 copies. And I was like, he sold them for 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he made a ton of money, and it was all his money. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the road. I'm on the road like those days. And then Tuesday we go up and do the podcast. And, um, and so I have this little shop where I keep everything because um, we sell them out. If you want to get anything from me, go to ChristopherTice.com. And I've got all my specials, and they're all complete. And um, and I sign every single one. Um, and so we did the combustion lounge, and I built. I, I was I was looking around for this. Um, I wanted to build a studio, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't build it in the floor. So, and I found this company. Thank. Th- by the way, I'd like to thank George Birch for the economic crisis because it saved me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, there's so many businesses folded. They had this, this mezzanine thing that I bought, and it was like it was like would have cost like twelve grand, and I got it for fourteen hundred bucks. And we built a, uh, a sh- we built like a studio like you guys have. You guys have a very nice studio. Thank you very much. Do you have a name for this? Uh, Fun Employment Radio Studios. Fun Employment Radio. Yes. Like yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. You took some. I like it. it looks yeah, good. we take yeah. some care. I mean, we we love what we do, so we want to show it in our space. It's all dark and black and it's kind of our killing room. Yeah, this like table it. is yeah. the kind of killing room. <laughs> it is like a Dexter table almost. It is. We yeah. just can strap somebody onto it. It yeah. does a whole kind of room. You could literally, and it's all you could kill someone in here, and yeah. no one would know for a long time. Yeah. Silence. It's soundproofed. Totally. Yeah, can hear you scream. Wow. How would you guys soundproof the walls? Um. <laughs> Blankets. Wow, very thanks. expensive soundproofing. Yes. That, uh, you know, that's this how is the a... world is now. <laughs> See, I love that he just cut to it. Blankets. <laughs> it's, it is. it's mostly. Yeah. It's mostly we blankets. put the, well, the soundproofing in, actually in the corners for uh, for the bounce off, and then here's yeah, uh, some sleeping bags, perhaps some blankets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it works though. That's it the does. Thing. It deadens like, the room. Just some will. homeless people in Portland going. Well, what yeah. happened? What's cold out here? Where's my God? You should have seen it before we hung up the um, the cloth over it. it. We just looked like crazy people. It yeah. was just like like patchwork yeah. blankets everywhere. <laughs> it did. Oh, so this yeah. is the good. It looks good now. This is. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like. I like. Side. You know, at least you match. You didn't get a bunch of different blankets. <laughs> That's true. You got. A, you bought a bunch of the same blankets. <laughs> nice <laughs> job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we do it from the combustion lounge, and we and we do, and we and I'm, I'm really weird about having weird about having guests. You know, I, it, because it's weird. You guys like you're you're. I can already tell like you're stuff is like you guys are fun you know and there's this weird thing that happened with this this weird and I, I don't want to call it on podcast but this weird circle jerk of comedians that got together and started everyone doing the same podcast yeah. and, it, and it just got a little odd and I and I thought well what's what's you know because Mark Maron did it the best and he mm-hmm. did it first mm-hmm. yeah and so I was like I don't want to do that I want to do something so we did we, I do a thing called the Armageddon update at the beginning which is where I find out whatever's going on in the news or what I want to rant about and I write f- five minutes of comedy about it scream it out into the microphone and we talk about that for half an hour uh, and it falls off the rails and then, uh, and then, and then we then we do news, and it's and it's always we. I just try to keep people informed. I, I thought, what if we could do like a just a cheap ass daily show, mm-hmm. you know, uh, twice a week, so it's a biweekly. Show. Well, that must help keep you fresh too, if you're always writing. You know, I'll tell you stuff. what, Nevolution got born. Ne- the show Nevolution started because some radio station in New York started running my Armageddon update, so I was doing it for this DJ I knew, and then I was like, I'm not getting absolutely nothing for this. Yeah, yeah. and not that, that I want to get paid, but it wasn't for me; it was for him. And I, and and Nevolution got built out of those. I would write these five. 
minute to every every and, and the revolution became the show based on that and the new show is becoming a, like Arm the Children will be is it will be on <laughs> I, you know I, I, I had this new bit called I'm pro murder suicide I'm really am I'm anti murder but I'm pro murder suicide if you're gonna kill somebody for God's sake kill yourself <laughs> and, you know because you're wasting our money and our time by not killing yourself like the, that the, the pussy from Aurora that went and shot people in the theater dude yeah. dude could you have at least had the you know you already did it could you at least have the courtesy to blow your own fucking head off yeah for God's sake do you know how much money you're costing us you crazy psycho the guy who shot Gabby Giverts just take yourself out mm-hmm. come on. we don't want to see your mugshot like at least, at least uh, Adam Lanza at least that kid took himself out mm-hmm. good yeah. but now had we armed the children that would never have happened <laughs> <laughs> Would you laugh into the mic for God's sake? Don't, <laughs> don't just turn so to the it sounds side. Like dead it, it just gets dead silent. Like you guys, like the audience, like in, in the theater of the mind, the audience is going, "God, they're just staring at him right now." <laughs> it's, it's an old radio God, yeah, habit. God. I was always yelled at by my program director, like, "Do not laugh into the microphone." Oh, you know, someone took your took your light. They took off. my laughter. They took, your, <laughs> took your laughter away, and your light is gone. The listeners don't want to hear laughing. <laughs> this is your podcast, motherfuckers. <laughs> laugh into that mic. I'm fucking laughing. It there upsets the advertisers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quit with the laughing. Quit. There should be no joy on the station. We're Clear Channel. We are Clear Channel. There will be no joy. Pretty close. We yeah. Up for laughing about talking about books. Yeah, we we were told we talked about books too much. That it was too smart. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Yeah, we had a program director say that when we were on commercial radio, and uh, yeah, said that said that we should cut back on the book talk. <laughs> Again, it thank was you. too yes. smart. <laughs> thank you for thank you for helping de-evolve the human species. Exactly. Appreciate it. Nice job. <laughs> so, I mean, with your podcast, have you noticed like your audiences change? And, and yeah, you know, it's it, it's Adam Carolla took me aside one day, and I because I asked him, and he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes Tynus, listen up, I gotta tell you, <laughs> because I'm telling you, just start doing it. It'll build slowly, but what's gonna happen eventually is that you're gonna notice people come see you. And he starts telling me how much he's selling out stuff, and I was like, well, you're not even a real comedian, you know. He, you know, Adam just got to. He, by the way, Adam Carolla is one of the funniest people off the cuff. When I get on Adam Carolla's show, I get like in this weird zone because I have to watch him and really have to be on your. You have to be on your game because mm-hmm. he'll take the best comic and make you look like a you look you look like a hump. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said do he said start doing it. So he started doing it. And 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 even if no one listened, like you said, I get to do five minutes of brand new comedy mm-hmm. every week, mm-hmm. and um and that usually turns into something. So it does keep everything flowing. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I've you know because of it, I have to work so hard. I've stopped. Sleeping with waitresses. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Not that I ever never did that. I can joke about it, guy. Comics. Um, you can't say you've never slept with a, wa- a waitress. I've never slept with a waitress. You've never slept with no, a waitress? No. no. Not well, like at a, a like, comedy club or a waitress, n- period. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. All right. <laughs> Getting oddly I had a now. weird morning in, in Philly one time at a Denny's. But I had nothing to do with anything. It was just a, it was just a moment. It was, it was a moment of magic is what it was. And I said, these hash browns are motherfucking good. And she was like, come with me. And I can't tell you what happened after that. <laughs> All right, one of our uh, live listeners in the chat is asking, uh, Carrie asks, uh, would you ever encourage your children to become comedians if they wanted to pursue that you know my son uh yeah yeah man my dad was so anti all he was mm-hmm. anti everything so um and he said I, when i told him i wanted to be i told him i wanted to be a comedian when i was like nine years old and he was like you're an idiot 
and and I and I and I, and I didn't try it again until I didn't even even bring it up again. I don't think I never brought it up to him, but I didn't try it until I was eighteen. So whatever they want to do, I'm that dad. I look. Mm. How can I without with what I've done for a living? How could I ever go? You can't do that. You need to be an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like it'd be such what a dick dad that is. Like the guy who goes on stage, he sleeps till two o'clock on Saturdays and Sunday mornings because he did two shows Saturday. He's dealing with drunk idiots. He's talking about anything he wants, and then I tell them that they have to go to. The, It'd be, you're, in a, you're a CPA or you're out of this house. <laughs> what a dick. I will not support your dreams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, my dreams were important and I, and I made it. But you know how we you know what the odds are that I made it happen? <laughs> in my own head, I lecture myself all the time what a loser I am. <laughs> so I, 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 anything they want. My, my, my daughter's kind of weird. My daughter's an amazing singer and she's 11. And, I, I, and she, I'm like, hey, you want to get vocal? Like her teachers took me aside. Her music coach said, he stopped me. He's like, listen. He goes, you, she needs to be a vocalist. And he goes, not even with me. He goes, she needs to be a vocalist. She can make a living at this. So I'm, as a dad, I'm like, all right, here we go, money. He gives the gravy train. <laughs> and, and, and I take my daughter aside and I go, I go, babe, we're going to get you in vocal lessons. You can be a singer. And she goes, I don't want to do it for a job, dad. I would like it for doing it for fun. And I was like, oh. I was like wow, okay. And then, then I did, and I saw the new <laughs> ski boat just go away. <laughs> <laughs> it just faded out of my memory. <laughs> well, I'm sure when you were nine and you wanted to be a comedian, you weren't thinking about that ski boat. You're like, that no. sounds like like fun yeah no I, I was always thinking about like I'll never forget the first time I did it I was I I, I worked really hard I, I wrote a bunch I wrote what I thought was 15 minutes of material and I and I was, I'd moved out of my dad's house I you know my dad had gone me and my dad used to have fist fights we used to literally punch each other oh wow yeah bad and uh, and so one weekend he went away to go skiing and I was in trouble again so I just packed up and I moved to my aunt's and then I I wrote this 15 minutes I I, I thought I, th- I thought whatever, like either this. I can't, I'm one of these people that I'll try it. I'll try it because I, I can't. I, I can't live with the fact that I wanted to do something and didn't do it. Like I can't live with it. I can't. Mm-hmm. It starts making me. It starts growing a tumor on my soul. I'm right. like I can't. I, it, and it could be something totally wrong, but I'm doing it once. Yeah. So I wrote this material. I practiced for like a month into a little. I, I had this old boombox that had a mic on the top that was also the antenna, and I stood in my aunt's garage I was living with at the time, and for like three hours a night, I did this same 15 minutes. By wow. myself, over and over hmm. and over, because I knew it was going to happen when I got on stage for real. I was so afraid of the audience that I knew that I was going to. Um, it's just hard. To, it's, I wanted to have it so ingrained in my head that when I shit myself, I wanted to make sure <laughs> you don't lose. Track. Right, I didn't lose track. Exactly. Yeah. I just kept it. Don't. No one will know. Maybe. Yeah. The, and so uh, I got on stage, and I, I'll never forget. It was, it was the punchline in San Francisco, and I got on stage, and it was open mic night. And I'd already been. I'd been going every week and trying to get on. And, the, and this guy Hutch, who's a great guy, uh, Hutch finally put me up, and I, I got on stage. I remember the first joke I did. And then my legs started shaking, like like Elvis shaking, mm-hmm. like wow. literally. And I and I, I hazed out. I don't remember, but I'd wor- I'd work the material so hard that I couldn't forget it. Nice. Wow. And I the next thing I remember is the last joke, and I said thank you, and the place was like woo, they went nuts. Now. At the time, I thought they went nuts because I had no level of what nuts was. <laughs> yeah. right. So they probably were just like, "Okay, you didn't." Well, yeah, exactly. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, right. It was like a golf match applause when the when the putt doesn't quite go in, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the top. So and and I get off stage and the the MC got on stage and said, "Wow, you're going to be seeing a lot from that guy." And then and then and that was the first time on stage. And then the next three times, I just. Fucking tanked, Bombed, yeah. really. You know why? Because I'm I'm also incredibly arrogant and, yeah, and right. narcissistic. You got a overconfident. I was like, yeah, I, 
got this once. Bam! I was born for this. Just easy. You suck. Uh, what? And uh, and so I, I ate it the next three or four times. And then I think I think uh, the universe is like a crack dealer when it comes to performing. Yeah. The first one's free. Yeah. 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 First one's free, and then you better start being funny. And then I just started doing it, and I was also you know all the guys Slayton, if you ever those guys, Greg. When I started, I was kind of an ass. Yeah, I was gonna because I was I worked. I would go home like these comics. When I talk about sleeping, with, it's a it's a comic joke. Sleeping with waitresses. Mm-hmm. I would. I was never that guy. My dad had got divorced six times. My dad always had wow. some new chick in the room. So yeah. I, as a little kid, I decided early on, there's no way I'm going to get as many STDs as my dad. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm you just didn't want to him. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I don't. You know, like I don't, Every generation is supposed to get better than their parents, right. but in this case, I decided not. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you all right? Yeah. No, you actually, my coffee came. Out. Out of my That's good, yeah. <laughs> it was a mid sip. <laughs> All right. Um, and my dad, so my dad, you know, was that guy, and I didn't want to be that guy. So what I would do is I'd go when I moved to San Francisco. I would go to the club, do my set, and then everyone else would go to another club and just hang out and drink. I would go back to my crappy little room with my four roommates and write till four in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did that for years. And what happened was is that I kind of got a reputation because I a I didn't hang out with anybody, so mm-hmm. I wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And B, I would come in with new material all the time, and I got funny because of that. I got funny fast. Mm-hmm. Like I got, I got to where I had a ton of material. And there's a there's a story about me, and it's and it and it, it's you, if you talk to the guys from San Francisco, it's a it's a story a misnomer because what happened was not what everyone says happened. But the story got blown up. There's a guy named Milt Abel, very funny comic, and I was, one of my first road gigs was, was it was me, Milt Abel, and Pat Paulson in Sacramento. And it was just kind of road gig, and and it's a couple hundred miles away, maybe ninety miles away from San Francisco. And I go on stage, and I had this bit, and it's going to sound really hacky now, but at the time, it was groundbreaking. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do this bit where I would do Clint Eastwood as president when Gorbachev was around, and and he would do the speech from, um, this was like 1985, 86. I just, I literally got out of high school and started doing stand-up comedy. Wow. Because I had no other skills. (laughs) I literally, I literally, it was, it was dig holes. Do comedy, and you, you pick. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you got to find a guy that wants to hire you to dig holes. I need a hole dig. Sure, on top yeah. of that, comedy, I can just get up and do it. <laughs> so I get on stage and I do this shit. And, and for whatever reason, Sacramento it was a road club, and I did the Clint Eastwood President bit. And it, and I can do this in the face and press. Yeah, well, and I do the whole thing. <laughs> fucking blow. I do 15 minutes and I blow the roof off. Like for, again, 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 my level of blowing the roof yes. off. I didn't <laughs> golf clap. But I walk off stage, and it was really good. It was really. I, I, it was one of those first times I killed. And as a joke, I say to Mel Table, who, man, again. At that level of comedy, I didn't know, you know, sarcasm. Maybe I was he. I walk past him and I go, "Follow that motherfucker!" And I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And I said it. I s- totally said it as a joke. So oh, I was like, shit. Uh, <laughs> "But I said it as a, I really in my heart. I, I didn't know, mean it. Yeah. Milt, Milt's really funny." Yeah. And and, and, I, and as I walk, I go, and it must. Here's why I know it was a really good set. I did kill because when I said it. His face, <laughs> like he died, like it like, yeah. was literally. Yeah, you could see the light of his eyes just go out. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just kidding. And he walks on stage. The next week, the next week, I'm at back in San Francisco, or two weeks later, I'm at, and, and, and Mike and people are like, "What's up, Titus?" And I'm just being really like dicky to me. I'm like, "What a fucking I'm a kid." <laughs> and I guess it got around really fast that I was an arrogant asshole yeah. who, yeah. and it was like, and, that, and so I had that reputation for a long time. And I, I have to admit, I kind of am an arrogant <laughs> asshole. But I, and I don't, I don't know if, I, I, and I think it's only because I, I, 
I am so dumb. I'm just. I think I'm. I'm just stupider than everybody. I think I can do it. Yeah. Like when I wrote on yeah. Titus, they they when I had a bunch of deals for my own TV show, and they were horrible, dude. Mm-hmm. We had one deal, and here's when I when I we had one deal where. Uh, the guy they brought this writer in who had survived cancer, and they kept thinking that's why he's creative and he's got an edge because he survived cancer. Right? No, he just had really good doctors. Right? <laughs> Doesn't mean he's c- more creative. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'd sit down and we'd pitch this show out, and he, and he kept he had this idea, and I'll tell you the idea. This guy, okay, so I I, I was like, I want to run a hot rod shop, and he's like, Oh, that's good, that's good, good. He goes, But you got this Latino buddy, right? And you're and you're and you're dating, you're dating, you're each dating one of these twins, but you never know which one you're dating, so you just keep switching back. And I'm like, Well. well this doesn't sound like any. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 shut, stop, stop, stop. And I don't know what I'm doing yet. You know, like, and I'm still in show business, and I'm like, okay, whatever you say, genius right. writer who survived yeah. cancer guy. <laughs> and uh, so he writes this show, basically this goofy everything I hate about sitcoms. He writes, and and we're in the meeting when he's pitching the script, and 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 I go, he starts saying, and I go, I go, listen, I go, I go, I, just so everybody knows, I don't want to do this show that he said. I go, here's my ideas, and I go, and I go, and I give him three ideas, and he goes, and, and in front of everybody, he goes, listen. He goes, you give me your ideas, and I write what I want to write. And I said, you know what? Then you're fired. And the guy that the guy that was the guy who was paying the bill goes, you can't do that. And I go, then I quit, and I walked out. <laughs> that was literally. Yes. I walked out, and then then the people that were with me were like, wow, you fucked that up. Yeah. I, yeah well, where are those guys? Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I would much rather. Yeah, look at me doing the podcast. <laughs> huh? You're right. Fuck yeah. Give me some. Pound that right on. Yeah. Yeah, bitches. <laughs> All up in your house, million dollar home with your airplane, hey, losers. I'm just gonna start saying to random people, follow that fucker. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's follow that motherfucker. Motherfucker. Now I didn't, again. I was because it was me. I was a dumb, I'm a dorky ass looking look like Richie Cunningham. I just thought Richie Cunningham yeah. saying follow that motherfucker is really funny. <laughs> Man, he did not take it funny at all. He took. Uh, that's why I knew the set was good because I, he was really upset that I said it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's and fantastic. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Again, I didn't mean. I'm just a kid being an idiot. Um, so, it, so I just think I can do it. So I'm not airing. I just think I can do it. Like, and so when that's, we, did, I think we, that's like uh, motocross guys. They just, they don't. They're not arrogant about that I can ride a motorcycle they're just like they don't think about it they're like I'm just gonna go balls out into this jump mm-hmm. I'm doing do a back I'm doing two backflips yeah I'm gonna, right. go, I'm gonna go for the double and, yeah. and, and the other guys that are with him go yeah, yeah 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 right anybody yeah. else goes you're fucking nuts dude yeah. I'm like no I can no what I'll do it my, my <laughs> do first it. big gig ever and here's I guess I am arrogant because I had a manager at the time and she goes uh, I get this call I had done I had done some show and and it, it went really well. It was, it was in San Francisco, and I, they, she gets a call from Bill Graham's people when Bill Graham was still around, and she said, "Hey, um, Kenny, uh, Gloria, Gloria, uh, no, 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 what's that? Stefan? No, 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 uh, Laura, Laura Brannigan, the song Gloria. <laughs> okay, oh, remember the song yeah. Gloria? Yeah, that, that just it's great, and." <laughs> What? No, it is no. great. You guys, so I've gotten better with sarcasm. It is great. <laughs> I like that song. It, I do too. I All do. right. <laughs> Yeah, so they said you want to do the Concord Pavilion. Can you? Can she said can? And I'm all literally. I've been doing comedy two and a half years, three uh-huh. years. And she goes, do you want to do the Concord Pavilion? And I go, how many people? And she goes, five thousand. I go, fuck yeah, I want to do. It. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I go, shit. yeah, shit, I'm fucking. Uh, I Concord Pavilion all over this month. So, uh, so now I don't know I can do it at all, but I've always been ballsy enough to go. How bad could it go? How horrible could it go? Right. 
And uh, I got on, I got on, and I got there, and I, and it was like holy shit, like a big stage and it was a band and oh shit, set in. And I, I, you know, I went in, and my armpits were like for like two weeks before we're Australia, I just I just sweaty. <laughs> and I got on stage, and I went. All I did was I was so scared, I went balls out as hard as I could, right. and I, I killed. It was good. Yeah. Get off stage, then she goes, hey, the people from Kenny Loggins, people called, they heard you did good at that show. Do you want to do a show with Kenny Loggins? I said, yeah, I did three shows with Kenny Loggins. The next thing I know, I got the whole tour, and I've only been doing comedy like three and a half. <laughs> Years. Oh, right? wow. I got thrown into this weird fire that I had to do. And the first night, so here's what the Kindergarten people told me. They go, All right, now, because obviously I look like a kid. I mean, I was, I was literally, I was like, I was 21, 22. Wow. And so I'm a kid, and they go, They go, We're going to take you out for three. And, and by the way, this is when Danger Zone was just hitting really big. That song was number <laughs> yeah. one. Um, dun, 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 like, dun, 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 it. You remember? Yep. So they had this big tour going on. And they go, we're going to have you as opening act. You get three shows to prove you can do it. Because no one trusted me. I, lo- I literally look like the kid that's supposed to get coffee. Hmm. And uh, I go in Three shows seems like a lot, though. Like three shows just give you one. Like, well, I already, I had already done, I had already done a, uh, I had already done a three show, a four show run in Tahoe with them, and okay. I had done one okay. show in, um, in San Jose with them, and yeah. so they they knew that I could do the job, but they didn't know I could handle the, this, you know, the these these. Are, well, it's also on the road, and it's a big tour. It's like mm-hmm. you know, Different 16, audiences. 20 thousand people. Yeah. So, so I go the first tour. It's in Dallas. Oh man, this was such a bad. And I'm cocky because I've done the other shows and they've gone well. I get on stage at Dallas, and there's this weird in front of the stage. There's this there's this weird uh, in the, the word yuppie comes to my head. This yuppie wine and cheese area that had oh, tables with like cloth tablecloths. Yes, <laughs> yes, oh, and little, um, little umbrellas and stuff, and then it was gated <laughs> off for the you, you scumbags stay behind the metal gates. <laughs> Catalina wine, uh, yeah, which, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're turning slowly into Europe. We're just you people that go in the back. So what happens is is that those people don't show up uh. at the beginning of the show. So there's this weird 150 Good, yeah. foot pit of indifference <laughs> of just emptiness I'm between just... me and their drunk ass. <laughs> Woo, Kenny Bunkalaw! <laughs> no! So so and I get on stage. So here's how this is the first round of the tour. And this is when I learned about my introductions. I walk on. I, I I'm on backstage and I'm like and I'm like, well, uh, well, are we gonna wait for the rest of the audience? And they go, oh, no, they'll get here before Kenny gets here. No, 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 no. I need them for me too. Yeah. And they're like, no, no. We just play to the people in the back. I mean, the people 150 feet away from the stage. And they're like, yeah. So these two local, like these two local morning personalities, go to the mic. Oh boy. And, and it's like, and you can always tell this is gonna go brilliantly. Good openers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're warming them up for me. They, they walk. They walk and they go, how you guys doing? You guys ready for Kenny Loggins? Place goes. Because Danger Zone had just hit number one, right? And they're going, they're going, and then I and they go, all right, man. Kenny has had such hits as, and they start listing oh, all oh the song all the way back to Loggins and Messina, <laughs> and then they finish with, and today Danger Zone just went to number one. Are you guys ready? <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a minute, and they walk off the stage. Oh, a dude that works there, a guy that sweeps up like this old guy walks to the mic, and he did, and he literally pops the mic and go, and he, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, comedian Christopher Titus. Oh. <laughs> I walk out to that, that's it. That was it. That was there was no. He's done this. No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. That would have been funny. Had he walked up, follow that motherfucker. <laughs> that would have been great. That, that that was God. That would that would have been that would have been. Well, that was Satan that just walked out that stage. <laughs> As I walk out, there, there, this was before Verilites. We had a little couple Verilites, but there was a crew, there was a guy, two crew guys sitting up in the rig and the, and the thing that handles. 
some of the lighting. Right. And as I walk out, the only applause I hear is there's two guys sitting there. We're gonna hear. I hear. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, and, and it's sarcastic applause. Right. Like I don't know how they worked it, but it was. You could just tell it was like, oh, this is gonna be horrible. And I walked out. <laughs> Dead silence. Oh, Literally God. 22 minutes of nothing. Oh. They, they, here's the thing. I was working hard. There wasn't heckling, which I think is even worse because then you got nothing. Yeah. Then you have nothing to react to. Right. It was just like they were. It was just just nothing, <laughs> and they just stared at me. And then the wine people started showing up, and as they're looking for the table, looking at me annoyed. What well, the fuck? Who is why? Are you talking? <laughs> like it was just it was yeah. bad. I get done with that, and Kenny's manager looks at me and he goes, two more nights." <laughs> oh, so the next night we're inside in this theater and it's about I don't know it's, it's about 5,000 seats and uh, I go to the DJs and I'm like listen I gotta tell them this, I tell them the story I just told you guys and they, they're by the way won't stop laughing they think yeah. it's the funniest thing they've ever heard in their life because they're, they're dickheads they're DJs yeah, right. and they get on stage and, and they gave me the best they gave me the best and, like if they were like the, this guy's been compared to Robin Williams and the, so by the time I hit the stage I'm just like who is this guy and I killed and that's when I learned that yeah. intros are so Oh, yeah, important. it really yeah. is. Whether it's a wedding, anything, intros are really important. <laughs> but that God, such a horrible night. That was that. I have to submit that everything. A lot of comics have that. Uh, the only story I have like that is Eddie Money. I opened for Eddie Money because mm-hmm. again, my arrogance and my cockiness. <laughs> they called me. Hey, did you get along? you want to do Eddie Money? I'm like, fucking Eddie Money, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking do it. <laughs> they go, all right, we need you to drive to Redding, which Redding is Redneck, California. Redding, yeah. Redding yeah. kind of makes yeah. Medford look like a cosmopolitan <laughs> bill. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, saying a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go to. Reading and and I, I I forget that Eddie Money and Kenny Loggins' audiences are quite different. <laughs> Kenny Loggins' audience they they brought their kids they different brought yeah, demog- yeah, yeah. <laughs> having a wine mixer yeah fourteen year old yeah wine mixer there's no yeah there's no pit of indifference at Eddie Money there's, it's fourteen year old rock and roll Nazis with no sleeves right, right. you know and uh, it's a whole crowd of yeah it was in Reading yeah. and I gotta and I, and I I'll go by, by the way this is how I used to dress oh my god I <laughs> got oh, I'm, I'm holding the mic just for just oh, to steady gosh. myself painful I walk on stage wearing bright red pants remember this time I do okay white shirt red tie that matched my pants exactly this is like the the lit era Mm. like the late singer I remember Mm. always wear like bright orange pants yes Uh, I had a parachute jacket at one point. Oh, too. <laughs> I, oh gee, I know, I know. Ex- exclaim! Ex- and she exclaimed. Like vanilla ice hair as well. I did. Yeah, I, uh, I could see it. I could. I was that, way, I before vanilla ice. I used to do a joke. Hey, I know what you guys are thinking. Here's what a hack I was. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I, 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 we're going through my hackers. Uh, I know you're thinking. Hey, Richard Cunningham, vanilla ice had a baby. All right, that's my first joke. Yeah, I know. Brilliant. I'm digging it deep. All right, come on. I'm amazing, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, man. There was some. I, someone, some asshole. Posted an old video of me on YouTube too, and my girlfriend, who's a comic, that's phones off during the podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> I think that's it. I think yeah. that might be your ride. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, they posted it, and it's just, it's this video of me, and I have this my I have this hair like my hair's part on the side, and it's got this wave like you could literally surf my head. It's mm-hmm. like it's such this big do, and oh, please kill any old video of me, people. Pre Norman Rockwell, please can we just get it off the grid? I want to. Is it any of the material that you don't so much like about that, or is it just your appearance, uh, or maybe a little bit of both? You know what's weird watching it is I, and I don't know if you guys listen to your early radio stuff, and you're just like, "What are we I, doing? Uh, the hell are we I doing?" It, yeah. See, I know, no, right? I, See? I don't want people make references to our first shows. I'm like, ah, no, no, <laughs> la 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 la. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's the there's there's glimpses little tiny glimpses of the material that you go I can see where that why you're doing that now mm-hmm. 
but man, I was on stage and it looked like I was bouncing like a little child. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, oh, and I'm just, you can just tell him, just please love me, please love me, please love me. I've had horrible parents, please love me. You can just see it. And every joke I'm saying, and, uh, and my girlfriend, who's a comic too, she's watching it, and she just, she, for, for three days, she just, you know, on a loop played it and I go why are you watching this again and she goes because I feel better about where I'm at right now <laughs> I was like wow that's evil I'm glad I could do that yeah you. yeah yeah you're welcome <laughs> that, I, that I used to blow that I sucked thanks so uh, you talk about uh, changing your material over time and um, not only try lot, really quick now I, I, yeah, yeah a lot of it it kind of revolves around your family and stuff. When did that kind of become a part of your stand-up, but kind of reality? And when did you kind of find your voice in that respect? I had a, I, I have two. I have two stories about that. I, I it, eventually you can't. If you're a comic and you listen right now, if you want to do anything, whether it's music, eventually you can't. You can't avoid who you are because right. mm-hmm. you're, you're, what you're supposed to do, like a pimple, will rise to the surface, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can let it fester and turn into something ugly, or you can uh, pop that fucker and get out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, that's the weirdest metaphor ever. That I can't. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it made yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grossed out, but it made sense because yeah. <laughs> it is. If you fight it, it, that's what will happen. <laughs> if if you don't fight it, it'll come out it'll, it'll, like a beautiful bird. You will say another metaphor. <laughs> so. Um, so what happened was is that I, I had started I've been doing comedy a long time I was already I started I doing comedy about uh, 11, 12 years but it was horrible I mean one of my jokes literally was I had a four minute bit about waking up in the morning okay. where I was like yeah, yeah you get up in the morning and, you, and, 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 and uh, it was your, your alarm clock and I just do an alarm clock bit then I would go into you can get in your shower and the shower's got two settings arctic and lava right <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible I, you guys you guys I think I, please laugh at it because I'm with you that was like a oh <laughs> right right I did a song. I, oh wait, I did a song, but because Ron, Ronald Reagan was president at the time, I did a song early in the, in the eighties that basically was to "We Are the Champions" about Ronald Reagan. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the rich get poor, and the, the rich get more, and the poor get less. And I kind of wish Hinkley wouldn't have missed singing. We <laughs> oh, wow. are pissed off. Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's kind of amazing horrific yeah. <laughs> so but I iTunes? see uh, yeah, 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 it will be it will be now <laughs> so um, so I had this so I started again I started what what, it, what I was supposed to do had started creeping in but I was fighting it and I I, I call it growing a tumor on my soul I call it with this point where I was going to quit comedy I was literally 12 years in I was headlining I was I was making ju- I was making what I would have made if I was working in a body shop a good body shop right, right. you know I was making you know, it was okay I, surviving and, Surviving, doing okay, but yeah. not great, and uh, so I was going to quit. And then, uh, and then I, I took this thing called the Landmark Forum. Landmark Forum is this course. It used to be Est a long time ago, and I took it, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of got in that course that that I a, a I was not living my dream. I was doing some weird half-ass version of it, mm-hmm. and then that that either I go balls out and find, and, and, and but better to fail on fire than to succeed, you know, as a, in just in, in the corner, right? right. Mm-hmm. So Obscurity. I I I wrote this show. I, I I wrote this bit. I had an agent, a great agent, named Bruce Smith, and he actually he's Maria Bamford's um, a manager. And oh, he's okay. Doug's manager, and uh, and he took me aside one day. I did this. I did this set for Montreal, and and. And I and what happened was I was still that hey you ever notice in the showers got I was still performing like that guy but I'd written this bit 
about my mom's mental illness. And, and that happened. The first time I did that bit, <laughs> when I started, when you said I got the insight, I wrote this bit on my mom going to the mental hospital and visiting my mom in the mental hospital. Mm. And, and the first night I did it, it was in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. And I started, the first time I did it, I started crying on stage. I started yeah. like, like, I'm going, and I'm like, what the fuck? Because I had this big story about it. And once, after about the 10th time I did it, I, I, it was just jokes now. And I was no longer had this heaviness about my mom. Right. It was like, oh, I have more stuff about my mom now. So I get on stage at the, in, at the Laugh Factory in, in L.A., and I'm doing this set from Montreal. But I'm going, hey, how many people's mom in a mental hospital? And, like, everybody, yeah, so I'd go visit my mom in the mental hospital. It was cool. My mom, you know, uh, she was crazy. I don't mean she's crazy. I mean, we, the jury, find the defendant. Is everybody here? And, and it was really bad. And, and the, the material, like, what I was talking about was real, but how I was talking about it, like, so I get off stage, and Bruce goes, what the fuck are you doing? Because he hadn't seen me in a while because I've been on the road. And he, I go, what? And he go, I go, it's great material. He goes, he goes, you're doing it like you're Seinfeld. He yeah. goes, you're asking people how many people's mom in a mental hospital. And he goes, they don't, they don't know if you're lying. They think you're not. Yeah. And I said, well, they're not going to get who I really am. And he goes, he says this. And I'm making this guy money. He goes, listen. He goes, I don't fucking know that guy. That guy that you do on stage, I don't know him. Yeah. I got that happy, I want to please everybody guy. You're an asshole. He goes, you come <laughs> into my office, you're mad about this, you're mad about that. You want to get your career done, you're driven, you're kind of an angry guy. I go, no, I'm not. I basically, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the top, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll kick your fucking ass, angry my ass. Say it again. So, <laughs> so, so then he goes, uh, he goes. If you don't start doing who you are on stage, I don't want to represent you anymore. I, he goes, you can wow. walk away, you can leave. Wow. And I was like, and I was like, this guy I was making this guy money time, and I was like, huh. And that's funny because I, I put it into to uh, capitalist terms. If you're willing to give up the money mm-hmm. I'm making you, you must be dead serious. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, so to stuff it up his ass, basically, I wrote this bit called "We Need Comedy to Get Rid of Our Desire to Kill," and uh, and it's funny because the bit ended up at the time I wrote it, I wasn't good enough to pull it off. But the first time I did it, I took a buddy of mine down to Igby's in, in L.A. And here's how scared I was about this bit. Basically, it's a bit about it's four minutes about the worst day you can possibly have, and at the end of it, I'm in my boss's office, stabbing him in the chest with a letter opener and mm-hmm. screaming, "I just need a good laugh." That's light, how the bit builds. Light material. Right. <laughs> but it was like, how did I really? Bruce says, you better start writing how you really feel right, right. or else you're, you're worthless as a comic. Yeah. And this is one of the best lessons of my life. I get on stage that night and I'm scared out of my mind. I'm really, I really, because like, this is so far off. I've been, I've been a people pleaser for 12 years. Now I'm going to take the, this fucking move where I, I'm like, uh, I really don't care what you think. Mm. I really don't care what this audience thinks. They're going, I, I, I no longer am going to follow them. They're going to follow me. That was the big shift. Mm-hmm. I got on the stage. I do this bit. I open with it. It kills. Like, it, like at the end, I'm stabbing going, I just need a good laugh. And I'm stabbing my <laughs> boss. And, and I get done, and the audience goes nuts. They just go, ah. Well, here's the problem. I'm three minutes into a ten-minute set. Oh. All I all I have left is hey, I have the Arctic and lava. That's all I have left. And I start doing that material, uh-huh. and the audience goes from loving me to hating my guts. Uh-huh. They literally it was it was like three minutes, huge laughs, big applause. Minute four. Zero, nothing. You know, even the even the 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 the, the, the goodwill that I'd bought with that first bit yeah. went away after about forty right. seconds, right. and they were like, "What now? What's this guy doing?" Mm-hmm. And I got I got I got I got something really really kind of enlightening for me is that audiences know when you're lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you you guys even on radio, they can hear it. Mm-hmm. If you guys yeah. are just bullshitting, oh, yeah, they'll, totally. they'll hear it, oh, yeah. and you'll you'll hear it on the, on the right. Mm-hmm. So what happened was is that. 
I realized that from then on, I have to be honest. And I did that. What I did that night is I threw out every piece of material I had except for the mental illness bit and stuff about my mom in the mental hospital because I knew that I could do that the new way. And I just got rid of everything and I had to rewrite a whole new act and that turned into Norman Rockwell and that got me a TV show. Wow. So, so, you know, if, if you're a performer, man, just know that when you're on the, when you're scared out of your fucking mind doing something you don't know is going to work or not, you're probably in exactly where you need to be. If you're, mm-hmm. if, if you're up there, if you're ever on stage and you can think of something else except being on stage, you need to change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 because when I would do that, uh, that shower bit, hey, shower, Arctic Lava, I remember, I remember being on stage before I changed my act, and as it as as my material was coming through my brain, I knew what was coming up next. I would hate it, like I could see in the oh god, I don't want to say this again. Mm. And so, so yeah, so and then that's how I, that's how I got the inspiration. And when I threw everything out, it was the scariest moment because I had an act that I'd been doing for like six years that that worked really well. Yeah, uh, my money, my 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 money. Okay, for what happened with number one is I did I wrote Norman Rockwell and I would open with that bit. And I stopped doing that bit after about three months because I couldn't pull it off. Now, in Declaration of War, I rewrote – I took the premise, but I rewrote the whole bit now. And that's that starts the new show. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not the same bit. It's just the idea. It's like mm-hmm. like when you hear Springsteen wrote a song like years ago and it turned into – 10 years later, it turned into something off you know, uh, uh, of Lucky Town. You go, oh, or whatever, you know, right. or The Rising. Um, so, so – and I brought it back. <sighs> what was that? I got lost. Anyway, so I bored myself. I just bored myself. <laughs> no, <you're laughs> I just realized, oh, my God, you just sucked yourself into a hole of, hey, let's talk about me and my process. You fucking These hat. These are the Dude. kind of things we want to uh, know. Absolutely. Oh, yes. God, I'm so full of myself. I need to just, I'm going to go, just, why don't you punch me <laughs> right in the face as hard this as you can. This has been fucking stellar. This oh, is amazing. Stellar. All right. All Seriously. Right. Yeah. So you guys are so like, boy, after you leave, go, what the hell was that? He just talked about him. Blah, blah. <laughs> Me, me, blah, blah, brilliant me. Here's what I, me, found me. So what I'm getting is that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even miss a B. Let, let Titus beat himself up for a minute and continue on with the interview. <laughs> what I'm getting is this is all very therapeutic and cathartic for you. Comedy, all your performance podcasting. Yeah, man. It, it has to... Uh, isn't that... Man, it, 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 it's amazing. A, yeah. I would be killing people, honest to God, yeah. With, the, yeah. with, with the divorce. Like, if I couldn't have written Love is Evil... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, but I've had so many people come back. I'll tell you a story about Love is Evil, if you, if you care. We do. Yeah. Yes. All right. So here's the difference between going up on stage and writing a bunch of jokes about the Pope or whatever. And yeah. I'm doing a Pope bit. I am doing a new, you know. Because it's the, timely. Well, you know, yeah. the world, the world, oh, it's a whole thing about the Pope. It's, it's such a weird thing, the Pope, to me. It's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. First of all, it, it's a great right now because the world still has that new Pope smell. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it nice? Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. But, and, yeah. but you know, how badass is it to be the leader of, you know, two mil- billion people who. Believe in magic. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you get—I could pull off anything on these people. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And, I, and you know, they, they, these people believe anything. Uh-huh. So, uh, and and I have a question: Do, is, do, do, do you get a new pope hat when you pope, or do they pass the old one down like the Stanley Cup? Oh, I don't know. And is that why it's so big? Because there's just plaques from all the other popes inside of oh. all the other popes that wore it. It's all autographed. Yeah, it's inside. <laughs> <laughs> they de-louse it. <laughs> Something. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. <laughs> do they de-louse it? 
<laughs> are you saying the Pope might be? Like, and could maybe that's why it's so heavy. Remember that two, two popes ago, not Pope. What was it about Pope? Two popes uh, ago, uh, John, John Paul. Paul. John, no, Paul no, the first. No, John Paul the second. Yeah, then, the one who ended up looking like he looked like a, an apostrophe at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember they, was, they just roll his that. ass out and he just looked like an apostrophe? <laughs> he just hang over. It's like it, weekend at Bernie's. It's because all that, all those brass plaques in the hat are just really heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was weekend at the Vatican. Weekend at Bernie's four. Pope apostrophe. So. Uh, uh, so anyway, that's my Pope bit. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> good bit, good bit. But it leads to it actually leads to uh, something else. I, I, I always, anyway, so I, I started writing about what I wanted to write about, and, and when Love Is Evil came, my divorce happened. It was horrible. Like I found out my ex was seeing two other guys. Like, oh, oh damn! While I was on the road, I found an email like I was in Dallas working, yeah. and I and I'm I'm not a cheater. I was like, my dad cheated on everybody, so I I, I just you know you yeah. make kids, mm-hmm. you make a decision. Mm-hmm. I am never cheating on anybody. I'm going to be the best guy ever, and I was. Yeah. Never cheated on her. Never stole. Never did. And, and I, I get this email that she's seeing two other guys, and she the email is actually from one dude. It was actually to one of the guys, the guy she was currently seeing about the other dude, because she found out that that dude knew that dude, and she wanted to make sure that he didn't tell that he didn't tell the other dude that they had been seeing each other. Oh, nice. Wow! Yeah. Now I am. This is Friday night. Like so, it's Friday night at like five, three o'clock. About I to go up. It. So I get a couple hours. So yeah. I no. Oh, it didn't just go up because it just happened right before. I could have probably gotten through the show and thought about it later. Right. I, I got it at 3. So it By 7, really. I'm insane. By yeah. 7 o'clock, <laughs> oh. I am insane. And I went on stage, and it's the only time I've ever been on stage where I watched myself. I was I was on the other side of the room watching yeah. myself on stage. It was the weirdest experience. Like, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I usually do 90 minutes, and the wait staff knows that I do 90 minutes. So I did. I was, I was so out of it, I did 45 minutes. Wow. And I said, thank you, good night. And, and I walked back, and the wait staff is holding their checks and looking at me like, we really don't give a shit what's going on in your life. Yeah. We have drink money to get. Yeah. 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 So I ran back on stage and I finished my show. Between shows, I literally contemplated suicide. I started thinking, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? This is going to be cool. I'm going to kill myself in the fucking comedy club between shows <laughs> yeah. on Friday night. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I literally wow. went through it. That's how bad it was. And I, I'm not making this up. I, 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 I'm literally sitting at the desk in the green room and I hear my father, who died in 2001, I hear my dad's voice go, get your ass up. And do your fucking job, pussy. That's what I hear, and I'm like, and I was like, and whether it was him, just he, he just programmed me like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I just, I was like, all right, fine. And I got on stage, a second show, and I started out with five minutes about what had happened that day, mm-hmm. and I started, which is about, I, I just found out that my my wife is seeing two other guys, and the audience was like, they're like, yeah, <laughs> this is a great premise, <laughs> and, I'm like, and I, I have no jokes. I just have just just vile, right. horrible, right. and I I ran on it for five seven minutes and. And the audience says, they're laughing. And I'm like, and then I did my show and I did it as hard as I could ever do the show I was currently doing at the time, which I think was, uh, it was end of the world. And I, I got a standing ovation that night and it's, Jesus. and, and I, and, and, you know, I fought for divorce on that Monday. So I do, I, so then I start writing Love is Evil. I write Love is, Love is Evil. Uh, and that's where I'm, my new girl, I'm, I'm getting married in August, by the way, too. Congratulations. And, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's great. And she, and so I do the show and we, it airs on, on Valentine's day. And, um, I'm up in Sacramento working at this place called Tommy T's, and this kid comes up to me. He's like 24, and he's just crazy. He's like, he's one of those fans. Like, if you guys have fans, you guys, it, and sometimes you get, hey, we, we love you, you're great. And those, then there's that next level where you're like, oh, wow, you are quoting things. <laughs> huh? You're quoting things that I forgot. Like, yeah. you had to remind me 
what that was, right? Yeah. And then he's he's yeah. got yeah, he's got like I don't even remember saying that, yeah. and you remember, and it made and it changed your life. Like they're like, yeah, you know what, man? I stopped, and I'm like, oh, great, sorry. I, I guess I should I should have given that more weight then. Um, <laughs> So he's shaking my hand and he's going, thank you, you'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know. And I'm like, okay, 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 yeah, thanks, man. And he hands me a letter. And I go, do you want me to read this? And he, go, he goes, no, 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 you can read it later, but thanks. And he leaves. And so I read the letter and the letter says, it says, on, it says uh, I saw your special on Valentine's Day. I just want you to know that, f- that I was going to propose to my girlfriend on Valentine's Day, but three months prior to that, she had actually broke up with me and, um, and, and I think it was his best friend or something. It was like, say, and gone out with my best friend or my brother. It was like one of those things where you're like, well, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like really and close. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, and in that time, uh, he goes, and in that time, I had uh, lost my job. Um, my car got repossessed. I had to move back to my parents' house and... Um, I decided on Valentine's Day to kill myself. And he goes, I'm sitting in my parents' basement. I'm sitting in front of the coffee table. I got a gun on the table and a bottle of wild turkey. This is what the letter says. Uh-huh. And I keep this in my nightstand, by the way, in case when I get, when that arrogant asshole guy comes out and goes, yeah. I'm, I'm the baddest motherfucker. Read that letter, dickhead. <laughs> and and he says, and, and he goes, I sat on the remote. I, I sat on the couch to do it. I sat on the remote and Comedy Central turned on. I had been watching South Park the night before. And your special had started. And I started drinking. I started laughing. I started crying. And I realized if you can get through that, then I don't have to kill myself. Hmm. And and he just signed it wrong. Like he didn't say, "Hey man, can you send me a T-shirt?" <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if, yeah. if it, it, like it had been a number and stuff, that yeah. would have been like uh, yeah. that would have taken the edge off. He just signed like wrong. Wow. And that didn't give his last name or nothing. And I've never seen the dude since. Yeah. And That's I keep incredible. I keep that letter in my. My nightstand because like whenever two things number one whenever I think oh here's a funny dick joke I'm just it's the dick joke thing is covered yeah. I always go and then I think uh, two reasons so I, so I make sure I always try to write something about something funny first got to be funny first mm-hmm. no matter what funny first yeah. but if there's a way to get something in uh, I'm like the voice in my head is all about what a loser um, I am it's really what a loser and, and it never got better like the loser I've, I was when I was poor was when I had my TV show I was still the same loser I just made much bigger mistakes uh, and that'll be that's available on uh, ChristopherTitus.com on, on April Fool's Day as he says and all on. your other everything else is available right yeah, now yeah right? and 10% here's another reason too uh, uh Ten uh, percent actually goes to my charity, the Insight Youth Project for homeless teens. So when you order, when you go get it online, it's nine bucks for an hour and forty minutes of comedy, yeah. and it's proven. Like it's not like I just threw it up there. It's like I've been working on this fucker for a year and a half. And that was yeah. the reason you said you didn't want to release it through HBO, right? Stuff, cause, because cause Comedy Central and those guys, they won't. I can't go. Hey guys, can you cut another check for ten percent to a right. charity? And they're right. like, no, mm-hmm. you know. But but this. So imagine if we got. My goal is in ten years to build a center for like homeless teens because t- between between eight and, and sixteen seventeen you just doesn't if you're if your life is effed up and you don't have your parents and you're living on on the streets no one gives a shit because you're because you're you're a you have youth and you're like yeah. Hey, yeah we don't give a shit about you go figure it out yeah well the, if no one told them how they're gonna figure it out so and here's how my charity works we don't have an organization what we do is we find that I find the best place that already helps those kids and one hundred I, I just go I go look visit the place go yeah. what do you guys do bam here's a check here's all the people this. that bought Here the you special go. you're yeah. good at this here's all the money what do you what do you, what do you use it for because i want to tell the people online what we're going to use it for mm-hmm. and then i can let them know that what they did hmm. so that's that's where the money goes and it's only nine bucks and it's it's just a kick-ass special um 
I was like, oh, sorry, I'll get this. So anyway, so the other reason I, I, I keep this thing in my drawers is because I'm always afraid that I'm going to write a show that's not good enough and the guy's going to end up killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> I better fucking That's a, good. Yeah. That's a lot to live up yeah. to. <laughs> this, this better be funny and insightful, too. It's <laughs> just but, wait right there. Uh, <laughs> I might jump off. No. <laughs> you got me. You got the good me. news is I won't get that letter. <laughs> or maybe I will. Oh, that would even be worse. Oh, Titus, your last special blue, I took my own life. <laughs> I get a call from local police. Well, so for you are amazing. Do you see how we yeah. took it to the dark? Then we, we took it to the light. Here's the light, and then it. it's no, then we took it right to the darkness again. <laughs> <It's perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> and now AIDS. Well, you—that's my formula right there. You just <laughs> you cracked it. Jesus, 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 and now AIDS. That's that's when you crack the code. That's the code right there. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This has been fantastic. Thanks for having me on so freaking long. Uh, oh, love you. hell yeah. Anytime, All right. Uh, anytime you want me to talk about me, I'm in. All right. <laughs> so there you have it. That is our interview with Christopher Titus. I swear he is just as nice as he seems. Like every time we've met him, he is just so gracious, so cool, um, super rad guy. So uh, if you want to find out what he's doing... I'm sure you can just Google him because that's very easy to do. And he's always on tour, always coming up with a new project. Um, I was just looking him up. I think he's, he's on a tour right now. So uh, check to see if he's in your neck of the woods, if uh, you enjoyed the interview. And we enjoy each and every one of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Sorry for the wonky hours and all the weird timing for the episodes. Um, as soon as Greg is back in town... I think that we're probably going to kind of balance out a little bit then, and then we'll be more set to our regularly scheduled program. But in the meantime, we really appreciate you sticking around. Uh, if you, I've just hit my microphone. I'm a professional. Uh, so if you would like to send us an email, uh, send us an email at funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Tomorrow I'm going to come up with the best of that I'm actually going to find right now. I don't know. I'm, I'm like going through and looking at all these comedians that we've talked to and I'm going to piece something together for tomorrow for another best of. So uh, please be sure to check it out. And then in the meantime, uh, Greg and I will both be back with a new live show on Friday. And I might be back on Thursday with a special guest. So I will keep you posted. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Fun Employment Radio. Bye.